Welcome to a new world of entertainment. The Ultimate Film and Television Podcast. Featuring Mike Winkler. Alistair Engelhart. Daniel English. From Condiment Games, Jeremy Larson. And Jason Kabasa. Created by friends. All film lovers. We feature in-depth podcast discussions and celebrity interviews. Subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. On this episode... I own an island off the coast of Costa And I've spent the last five years setting up a kind of biological preserve. The most advanced amusement park in the entire world. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. Spare no expense. John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more, nothing less. Life will not be contained. Life breaks free. It spreads from the territories and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously. But... Almost 40 feet high. Really think she climbed out. Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? Before he ever dreamt of an island, he began construction on an amphitheater. The world seemed to hold its breath. We stood at the turning point. He abandoned it in favor of something far grander and ultimately impossible. Between two great planetary years, the million-year reign of man, and the age of the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs and man, two species separated by 65 million years of evolution. How can we possibly have the slightest idea what to expect? Finds a way. Now it's only a matter of time before this lost world is found and Creation is an act of sheer will.
Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Lights, Camera, Action. Or if you're listening, you know, in uh, our audio feed, it's maybe good morning or good afternoon. But um, I am back here with Jeremy Larson from Condiment Games and Jason Kabasik. How you doing, gentlemen? Good. How's going on? I'm doing good. It's glad to be back. And uh, first things I wanted to talk about was um, it's been a year since Jeremy Larson has joined uh, the Lights, Camera, Action team. It's hard to believe it's been a year already. And uh, it's been close to that since Jason Kabasik returned as well. Um, and I got to say, yeah, it's, it's been, been a lot a of good fun, ride. It's, it has been. A, it's been about a year since he joined uh, the podcast team. And it's also been about a year since he's gotten his audio issues fixed because I still can't hear him. Who? You can't hear who? Jeremy. Oh, you can't hear Jeremy. <laughs> No, but yeah, guys, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to to doing more of these with you guys. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and it's been an adventure. And uh, Jurassic Park just continues that adventure. Um, I have to say that was a fantastic edit at the beginning of that. Like that was a that was a really nice transition into the the beginning of this podcast today. It was epic. I I, I felt the uh, the urge you to see, talk it was about kinda, it after watching that. It was kind of hard for me to tell because half the time that that was going on. I was still stuck on the loading screen for uh, just the logo on the background. So my internet <laughs> cut out again. So basically, you talk about Jeremy's audio problems. You just had a full-on problem. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, well, before we get into each individual movie and talk about them, um, why don't we uh, talk about our thoughts in general on what we think of the first trilogy – Oh, what the actual, you know, movie should have been Jurassic Park, not Jurassic World. Oh, boy. That's, I can see where that conversation is going to go as we get into Jurassic World. Well, they had to, re- I'm, I'm going to say to defend it, they needed to rebrand it in some way to make it appealing. Because if you're just going to go down the same park, you got to make it, you got to make it bigger. You got to make I it. I agree. I and- wholeheartedly agree. But here's mm-hmm. the thing, though you're assuming that it needed to be done in the first place. <sighs> Well, Jurassic Park 3 didn't provide a conclusion to the series. It was very open-ended. I mean, the last mm. shot we got was pterodactyls heading for the mainland. We couldn't end the series based on that. You got a point. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think that we could have necessarily had the Jurassic World movies happen. That's just personal. Well, the thing is, if you're looking at the fact that Jurassic World movies shouldn't have happened, I'm going to go the extra step further and say that in – all honesty, we could have just left it at one, and it probably I would agree. have been. It probably would have been a film to stand a really hard test of time, because it is a nice science thriller. Yeah, and that you're. At, I I'd be okay with it ending there. I would have been all right with it ending there as well. But, but what hey, we got, we what we got coming after it, it was still, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It's just not it's not means. you're you're not going to be able to match that same magic because you've already pretty much brought the magic in the first film. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think no matter how good the sequels could or would have been, I don't think there was any way they could top the magic of the first movie because it was the first thing, well, the first time we'd seen these animatronic dinosaurs that looked so real. And there was nothing that I think that they could surprise us with that they already did in that first film. I'm going to make a comparison. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that Jurassic Park is on the same level as uh, the Alien franchise. That's a fair comparison, actually, because because it it started out with a very scary alien, super realistic. It got you in the zone, and afterwards they brought that fear down. They brought that that magic down because they they added so many different things to the to the narrative to the plot. Okay, I can see where you're going with that. I mean, in a way, I could almost see like. I, I, I don't know which one is your guys' favorite in the Aliens. Uh, Aliens is, of course, my favorite, the Cameron one. I mean, Aliens is a classic on its own. But to me, I look at it this way. Aliens is almost like what the first Jurassic Park was. And then I go back to Alien being like the Lost World. And then, of course, Alien 3 gets a lot of crap. Um, I think Alien 3 is slightly underrated. I think it gets a lot of flack for a lot of things. And I think it's actually still a pretty good movie, just like Jurassic park three in a way it gets a lot of shit and it's actually a much better movie than what's given credit for. But just oh, yeah, like Jurassic park three definitely does deserve a lot more credit than what it's due mm-hmm. that what it has been getting. I am more so than I think lost world. I think the lost world was honestly the weak link of the original trilogy. Really? I mm-hmm. did, could not really get behind a lot of viewings of Lost World like I could the other two. Interesting. I'm interested to dive into that one. Well, I think it's because the subject matter drastically changed from the first movie to the second. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about an escape from the island. It was more about preventing people from taking dinosaurs off said island. Mm-hmm. To which I get, I see the appeal. It's kind of like you know every single movie where the government gets in the way and ends up screwing things up. Um, but I, I see the merits in all three movies. I really, I don't like to put one down at the bottom. It's tough for me too. Yeah, yeah. But like I was saying earlier, like Alien did the exact same thing as Jurassic Park. They needed to make it grander. They needed to blow it up. So what did they do? They went against the Predators. And then everyone started becoming a little... Eh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, As much as like AVP is, is, is an enjoyable movie for popcorn fun, the whole concept of it is just kind of like, gotcha, like, why? You know, you just can't help but think, but why? It's just something about it just doesn't work. You know, well, it, what about the hybrid of the two, the Pedalian? The the Predalien, which yeah. does not have a good ring to it whatsoever. Exactly. Uh, they could have made it, they could have definitely named it better. Yeah. I thought that the that sequel to AVP was absolute garbage. Agreed. You couldn't see half the crap that went on in that movie. But that only goes to show they this, better. Anyone they, should learn their lesson when it comes. If we're to gonna going do to comparisons, exactly. If it. we're gonna do, com- if we're gonna draw comparisons between uh, the Alien franchise and the Jurassic Park slash World franchise, mm-hmm. and if we look at what AVP two did, this makes me scared for what we're gonna be expecting from Dominion. And that's that's what I was gonna bring up is that I feel like. As much as we like a reboot of a franchise, we don't want to reboot it and then keep going with it too much, or else you risk the you losing your audience because you have either taken away their agency, you've mm-hmm. uh, 
you put them in a place to where they're more so confused at the end than they actually enjoy the film. Well, Dominion kind of has its work cut out for it because it can go one of two ways. The The good news is they're bringing back the original cast along with the new cast, which that to me was like the, the number one thing they had to do if this was truly going to be the last Jurassic Park film. Oh, right. Awesome. It's a grand crossover movie. So it's essentially like that Star Trek movie that had both Kirk and Picard in it. Ah, uh, well, I, if you want to go there, sure. But, but the difference is we don't have a time travel or time issue. Oh, here. I, I know. But I'm just it's just, yeah, whoa, another thing for me to be, I guess, ex- kind of excited for. <laughs> the only thing that scares me about Dominion is that they, they keep saying how the plot's going to go the way of how they're going to mesh humans with dinosaurs in the real world. And I'm not really sure if that's going to work as well as it sounds. Got it. Human dinosaur hybrids. I oh oh, and now now we've reached the alien franchise of when they got to Alien Resurrection. This is Jurassic Park Resurrection. Oh, I hope it doesn't go down that road. Oh, please, God, no. Velociraptor mixed with uh, Alan Grant's DNA. If they Alan. go there, I will walk out of the theater. I'll say I'm done. I'm done. No, Chris, Chris Pratt's character in Jurassic World, him mixed with the Velociraptors. Can you imagine a little raptor Ian Malcolm running around? Yes. <laughs> he would just be shouting, chaos, chaos, chaos. <laughs> you want chaos theory? I'll give you chaos theory. Oh, man. No, I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it, just mainly because of the return of the other characters. So, yeah. But I'm worried as well. We'll just have to see what happens. But uh, uh, hopefully, it, hopefully yeah. it doesn't fall well below any expectations we may have. Just like uh, what you're saying, Spiral did, Mike. That 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 that's a conversation for another time. But yeah, we I think we pretty much nailed that on the head based on based on reviews. But okay, so let's talk about the classic of the bunch, Jurassic Park. This is very easy to talk about because there's not much bad to come out of this one. No, there, no, there not isn't. at all. But I will say the book is far better than the movie. That is going to be an obvious case no matter what. <laughs> like, if you haven't read Jura- the Jurassic Park novel, please do so. I will highly recommend that to any book lover. I have not read it. Um, I, I, then I've you have read not truly read it. Yeah, I've, I've read notes on it, and I've kind of read some of the things that are different from the movie. Like, for instance, I know Ian Malcolm dies in the book. Um, but what's, what's like some of the big differences that you wish would have been included in the movie that weren't in the book? See, the problem is any book, uh, movie adaptation is going to be filled with a bunch of holes in it. You're not going to be able to fit everything just like in Lord of the Rings, like Lord of the Rings is how long and they couldn't fit every single scene. in. Exactly. That's going to be, like you said, any book to movie adaptation is going to have those unfortunate glaring holes in there. I mean, mm-hmm. like you brought up the good example with Lord of the Rings. You've got book, you've got the adaptations of the Harry Potter books and mm-hmm. those didn't translate over the way that you would have thought they should have. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going to go on a completely different route, like adding in another one here, and this is personal bias of how much I fucking hated the movie, uh, Percy Jackson... I see. I've I've only seen the first Percy Jackson, so they they changed a lot then. 
it, it was like it wasn't even the same as the books at all. See, there's a that that's kind of the big problem. Like, if you're going to do an adaptation of, of of a book into a movie, yes, we understand you're not going to be able to include every little detail, sure, mm -hmm. but don't drastically change it so much to where it's unrecognizable. You you can't do that, and and that's the mistake that Hollywood makes with a lot of book adaptations. And uh, that's that's what it makes with movie adaptations too, in reboots and TV show mm -hmm. to movies. Like you're talking like big culprit, Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're not even gonna go into that because that's an <laughs> that's an animated show, cartoon that went into a live action movie, and that was all what Netflix or was that actually out released out in theaters? The the animated or the live action? The live action. That was a theater movie. Yeah. That was. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I feel bad for the studio that made that piece of. That shit. was Paramount Pictures, and M Night Shyamalan is the one that brought it to the screen. Oh, no wonder it failed then. <laughs> yeah, Mr. M. Night Shyamalan, who probably hasn't made a really strong movie since uh, The Sixth Sense. Maybe Signs, if you're into that. That's about as far as I'll go. Anyways, we're getting way, way off track here. Let's <laughs> go back. Jurassic Park. <laughs> off topic? Track. Off topic. What are you talking this about? This podcast was... <laughs> Uh, we're, we're forgetting something, guys. It's all perspective. We should we should put like a notification at the bottom of the screen, like going off topic warning. We would have that up all the time. Yep, this is true. Warning: This podcast goes way off topic for hours and hours on end. <laughs> uh, but no, the Jurassic Park. You know, th this is one film that holds near and dear to my heart because this was one of the uh, first movies that I got a chance to yeah, see. Yeah, I was about to say this was really one of the first movies that you really got a chance to see. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah, 93, so I was about four years old. I remember it vividly because uh, my parents were um, on their honeymoon in Vegas, and I was staying with my grandparents, and the day I went to go see Jurassic Park, I had burnt my hand on a curling iron that was laying in the bathroom, and I remember my grandma said, to make you feel better, we're going to take you to the movies, and there was an old theater in Berea. It was like an old-style type of theater. It's no longer there no more. And went to go see Jurassic Park. And I remember um, just when, when the dinosaurs and everything were on screen, I was just enamored and awed by what I what I was watching. And I think it was the time that I really fell in love with movies at that given point. And I remember my grandparents told me, like, they were so surprised that I was not scared of what was going on in the theater. That I was like, like this. My eyes were bulging and my jaw was dropping instead of you know, being a typical kid and just being afraid of everything on the screen at that age. Mm -hmm. Well, that's understandable. Like you, I think the, the nineties kids, like I think dinosaurs were a really big thing back then. Mm -hmm. Like in that time, sp that time span of 1990 to 2000s. I mean, I can't even deny that because I was obsessed with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> I did like the Money More for Power Rangers movie. Gets a lot of <laughs> flack too. I like that movie too. That holds a special place. Who's going That's off topic right. now, Jason? <laughs> well, no, I was going just saw it. No, there was this guy I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Here. I'm fucking with you. Uh, but anyway, uh, if we're going on about the like how we were talking about just a little bit ago, like the Jurassic World compared to Jurassic Park. Yeah. I just saw something here that Jurassic World was originally supposed to be coming out for at a 2005 release. 
Makes sense, yeah, because I don't know what held it up, because I know Jurassic Park 3 wasn't as well-received. So it was only supposed to be like a four-year difference, uh, a four-year gap in between 3 and then Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. But it was delayed numerous times in Ultimate, rele- uh, Ultimate Release in uh, June 2015. More than hmm. 10 years later, geez. Well, he was very much held up in development hell. I, I think they were nervous. After after Jurassic Park three, I think they were very nervous to bring the dinosaurs back to the screen. Mm-hmm. I think part of the biggest reasons why um, three wasn't as well received and gets as much flack as it does, mm-hmm. it's because a obviously it wasn't Spielberg directed, right? So that's automatically going to go eh, to a lot of people because yeah. back then Spielberg was essentially a directing god for this genre yeah there i mean especially like um, then and yeah. then also this I, and also i think a lot of people were kind of wondering why the hell the tyrannosaurus rex wasn't the uh main dinosaur i guess antagonist in this it was the spinosaurus mm-hmm. again it's it's another island they wanted to make things bigger. They wanted to make things better. And they even kind of sum it up in the the first Jurassic World movie is that they just want more teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, like I completely understand that, but I think that might have been what got it so much more flack is that like the iconic things that you saw from the at least the first two films all of a sudden just dropped in this third one. Yeah, it it it, it felt different. Even like I remember that first trailer came out for Jurassic Park 3, and I remember saying, okay, this this feels different, which I was okay with because, you know, a Jurassic Park and the Lost World, um, even though they're two very different movies, they still felt, when you watch them, they still felt like they were in the same scope. They were filmed the same way. It was still Spielberg-esque magic. Mm-hmm. And, and 3 immediately felt like, okay, they're going a different route, but you felt like maybe this was appropriate because we didn't want just a third journey doing the exact same thing. We wanted something new, and I think Jurassic Park three did bring something new to the table, and I think it. I think it worked. I agree. I agree with you. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. See, I thought Jason was going to come in here and start bashing JP three. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm one of the ones that really liked JP three. That's good. When we get to Lost World, I got to hear your thoughts on Lost World. But going back to Jurassic one, um, I remember when the. Uh, the scene where they explain the dinosaurs and how they they created them with the with the frog DNA and oh the, Mr. Um, DNA he's my favorite character <laughs> I love Mr. DNA I almost hope he makes a reappearance I in forgot Dominion. about Mr. DNA uh, he did make a cameo in the in the Jurassic World that's right he did it was the screen yeah. in the background when at the beginning mm-hmm. when they were showing everything mm-hmm. yeah oh, no shit okay yep um. Talk about an Easter egg that was in plain sight I missed <laughs> there was also a John Hammond statue too in the middle of the room yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember watching that science, you know, how they came up and created the dinosaurs. And I, all I could keep thinking, especially watching it recently again, is like, this was a very strong explanation of how this could really feel real. And real. I remember reading lots of articles where they actually said there is some well, realistic science behind what? it. It was a, um, it, well, yeah, because it is a very real possibility if someone was smart enough to try and do this, they could potentially end up god forbid actually pulling this off <laughs> it is an actual possibility that is a frightening thing to think about 
As cool yes. as it sounds, animatronics is the way to go. <laughs> you know, what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park was genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more, nothing less. Condors. Condors are on the verge of extinction. <laughs> but no, what was I, it? Was that um amber that had the mosquito that was entrapped, mm -hmm. right? That they yep. were able to extract the DNA from. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, they were able to dig deep into the ground and they were able to I think get that the, was uh, wasn't that uh, debunked like you couldn't get like a viable sample from anything encased in amber. Yeah, they said you could find mosquitoes in amber, but they wouldn't have the the DNA that that as much DNA as they would require to do that realistically mm. or something. Yeah. Um, but they said the science actually in these movies actually was pretty was pretty good. It didn't feel like a bunch of mumbo jumbo scientific BS. It actually had it's, some real oh, science. It had weight. It had weight really behind good. weight. It was explanation behind explanation. Everyone had something to say about it. And it, it kept me I suppose, entranced. Yeah. I suppose this is what, like, as I've gotten older and rewatched this movie uh, enough times, it made me appreciate this movie more because there actually had some scientific truths behind it. Yeah, not does not just whatever kind of bullshit they want to throw in there to make themselves sound like they're smart and know what they're doing. When in reality, it's just a ditzy blonde in a fucking lab coat that's trying to talk. No, this actually is people that sound like they actually know what they're talking about. There's real weight behind the theories that they have, and mm -hmm. if you could see this actually applied in real life, you never know what the outcome might actually be. And the thing is, the yeah. philosophy translates so great as well. When they're having a discussion about just having a, a species that has died and gone extinct, it's because that its time on the Earth is done. It yep. couldn't it couldn't adapt further enough to get to this point. It's done. I, I loved the discussion between Malcolm and everybody in, in when they're having dinner. It's it's an incredibly underrated scene. Oh, it's sure. fantastic. Right, and this is why Malcolm was my favorite character in this entire series. That is actually, when you go online and you look at reenactments of scenes, that is the one scene that you constantly see reenacted from Jurassic Park because it's just mm -hmm. so great. Everybody gets their moment of dialogue, and Ian Malcolm's uh, monologue is just, it's just great. It's so good. It, it, it's mm -hmm. why I love Jeff Goldblum because whether you watch him in this or you go watch him in Thor Ragnarok, it's like, he just chews up the screen whenever he's on it. I feel, I feel I'm glad really we're not bad. talking about one of the failures that he's done over the career and did the fly. <clears throat> I feel really bad, though. I felt like Laura Dern's character wasn't given enough to do. Mm -hmm. I could agree with that. And that's, it, it's, I mean, it's in for the time. Like a lot of, it's still male dominated Hollywood. I think we're still. We're, even now, we're still breaching into a point where female leads are more prominent and have a lot more weight behind them. Like even uh, comparing it to, I, I never mind. I'm not going to go into those comparisons to Star Trek. We I go into those enough, but um, but I think Laura Dern's character could have had a lot more going on and a lot more um, smarts because. Oh, I, one, well, the one, I think uh, Doctor Sattler could have been a great character if they would have given her more to do mm -hmm. more to do and less of the cheeky dialogue 
Because yeah. what yeah. what was it? It was like dinosaurs eat man and women inherit the earth. And I'm kind of going, okay, I, I get what you're trying to pull here, but that that took me away for a second. Like, I, yes, joke. Yeah. Now it's it just feels stale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she was very underutilized, and it, it's it's kind of sad because she's supposed to be on the same level as Doctor Grant, but yet you never feel like they are on that same level. Yeah. I mean, as a paleobotanist, I wanted to see more paleobotany. I wanted to see this. Uh, I wanted to see more plant life or anything like that to, that would even relate to the time that these dinosaurs were around. Yeah, I wouldn't have mind seeing two more of their profession to see more of what they were doing with digging up dinosaurs, get to know them more on a personal level before they get to the island. And that's going to be the one thing I would take away from those first 20 minutes, maybe spend a little bit more time with them to see what they did. Now, maybe they did shoot that kind of stuff. Maybe I don't know if that stuff's in the book too, but yeah, I think that would have done their characters justice, especially hers. No, I agree. Now the, the, the beginning story with Alan Grant and, you know, scaring the kid with the, the velociraptor claw is it's funny and good, but they could have taken at least another 10 minutes to iron that relationship out because all we figure out is Alan Grant doesn't like kids and Sattler teases him about it. Like, (laughs) did you guys hear the theory about that scene? I'm I'm happy you brought that up. So I almost forgot about this. So that kid in the first movie, they've always said that maybe Chris Pratt's character is that kid. And for a while there, when I heard the theory, I was like, eh, it's a little bit of a stretch. But really, going back and watching it now, he's talking about raptors. Chris Pratt's characters, the character is attached to raptors. So to me, that would be the perfect thing to bring Dr. Grant back in in Dominion. And Chris Pratt recognizes him. See, I think I think it it's a good, it's good on in theory, like good in pa- on paper. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the... Why do I feel like the time difference is just so vast that I don't think it'd work? No, I, I, agree. Off just I right. agree with you, Jeremy, on this. <laughs> because we're we're also uh, almost tw- oh, almost thirty years past when Jurassic Park one came out. That's true. To where this kid would, if but in continuity of thirty years, I that would be with that. Yeah, um, point. The kid's name was what? Tim? Did they give that yeah, kid a it was name? Tim. Yeah. They did give yeah. him a name? Tim Murphy. Mm-hmm. But and 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 we already know what Pratt's character in World was. It's Owen Grady. No, no. Tim Murphy is 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 John Hammond's grandson. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't think the kid Isn't the kid that the that, kid you were talking about? No, I'm talking about no, the, no, no. in the beginning when, when Dr. Grant's using the Raptor Claw and he goes here and here when he's showing down the monitor and the kid says that's not very scary. That's like a six foot turkey. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never gave him a name. So, I mean, they have that going for them. But yeah, you made a good point, Jeremy. The time difference, obviously, Chris Pratt doesn't look like he's 40. He'd have to be probably in his 40s. A kid probably was about 12 or 13 years old at that point. Maybe 10 at the, young, at the youngest. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'd have a serious. Yeah, and uh, the time for it. Yeah, the. There, it's just no way. That, if they would pulled the, they'd have pulled that, that off theory Jurassic doesn't hold water. Yeah, they've done that. They've done that in Jurassic World. It might have worked, but now it might be too little, too late. Well, that's an interesting tidbit. What's that? I don't know if you guys know this, but Kathleen Kennedy was a producer of Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, she produced almost all of Spielberg's movies. They were they were like the big collaborator. 
Mm-hmm. That's a new that's a new tidbit for me. They they collaborated on almost every project, including Indiana Jones, um, up until she basically took over Lucasfilm. That's kind of when they went their separate ways. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's been around for a long time. I, I can understand why Lucas picked her to run Lucasfilm. I mean, him and Spielberg are best of friends, so it made it made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your guys' favorite scene from Jurassic One? I know there's a lot of memorable stuff, but maybe one big standout that you'll always remember. The one that always stood out to me mm-hmm. was when they were all in that Humvee that was flipped over and the T-Rex is right there. That is a classic scene. It was good. Yeah. That will always be the standout scene to me. It is hard to top that scene. Um I do, I do like the scene with with Ellie going into the bunker to turn the power on. I was gonna say that one. I was gonna mm-hmm. say that one. And finding Kinda, Sam Jackson's hand, arm yes. removed, and yeah, I do like that scene quite a bit. And that was like that was like borderline horror film. Yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. Like, can get any more gory than that? That's that's. Sci-fi horror. It was, it was pretty close. I mean, that looked like a scene that could have been out of Alien. It it it, it mm-hmm. was really reminiscent with the way it was shot, how dark it was, where the raptor came through the through the cage and everything. Um, I wish, to be honest, we could have saw Sam Jackson's death though. I, I really that would have been that would have been cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just get just get a good old uh, mother effer in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Motherfucking raptor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty good. It was good. Oh, man. But, I mean, you could also argue that um, the T-Rex Jeep chase was also a good scene. Oh, yeah. Are they going to have that on the tour? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, what's your least favorite scene in Jurassic? I don't have many, but it's got to be one that stands out. Oh, you know what? No, I'm going to take it back. I think it's... uh, the kids fighting the the raptors in the kitchen. That's your least favorite scene? No, no, no. I'm I'm gonna take it back because that's my my most favorite. Oh, most favorite scene. Okay. Where the kids actually show some gusto and smarts. There, yeah, they 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 really uh show some uh show some strength in that scene, and they they don't show much fear. They mm. they at that at that point they've had enough. At least favorite scene. Yeah, this is a tough one. Cue the Jeopardy music. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, Mike, if you're if you know what the least favorite scene is for you. Um, I think the only scene that I maybe just dislike just a little bit. It's not even not even big. Um, I don't necessarily care for the scene um Yeah, it's not even really that bad. I don't even know if I even want to go there. <laughs> yeah, this is a little bit harder than I thought. Uh, I, I didn't put as much thought into this question as I should have. Jason, do you have one? Mm-mm. Well, maybe we should just say we don't have one. It's fair. Because even the one I was going to decide on, I don't even think I dislike that much. So, If I had a least favorite character, it would be the lawyer. <laughs> 
If I had a least favorite character, yeah. it was going to be fucking Nedry. Newman. That mm -hmm. fat, yeah, that fat bastard getting killed by the Dilophosaurus was just karma at its best, and I reveled in that scene. No, I, the thing is, though, is that you're looking... I guess I kind of saw Nedry's point. Like, he's like a one-man programming team trying to figure out this entirety of a park, and it's extremely complicated, and Hammond doesn't get that. Mm -hmm. As to where he would spare no expense, as his saying would be, he did spare an expense when it came to the programming, and that's what got them in this situation. Yeah, Hammond seriously takes him for granted. Because I think I, I think computer programming was in the nineties. I think was looked kind of down upon a little bit. Yeah, like compared compared to today. Yeah, back yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, for sure. Because nowadays, anyone who's anyone would want to be if they could to be like a computer programmer because it. It makes good money. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. The 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 uh, the stature at where it's at today compared to the '90s is far and in between from them. Yeah. For sure. Mm. Okay. So really, not a not a, a least yeah. favorite scene. Okay. So final question for Jurassic Park: What's your score out of ten for Jurassic? Let's Park? hear yours, Mike. Well, this is easy for me. Um, I am going to go with a solid ten out of ten. I'm floating between nine and ten, because obviously there's going to be there. It, it's hard to to gauge a perfect movie, and for me mm -hmm. to not include it on my best movies of all time list in our other episode mm -hmm. would make me seem a little bit of a hypocrite by saying a perfect ten here. So I'm going to give it a nine. Nine out of ten. Okay. Nine point five. Nine point five. Well, I mean, we're all kind of on the same spectrum here i mean that's really good <laughs> it's so yeah, good. this 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 was easily my favorite out of the three so oh hands down i mean i don't think any one of them have even remotely come close, so close. Um, no. i mean we're going to talk about the lost world and i do have some like for that movie so uh i know jason and i are going to collide on this maybe a little bit coming up that's why i'm looking forward to that it's not about so that. much colliding it's just i just personally thought this was inferior to the other two that's all Okay. Well, on that note, Jason, you're going to start us off in the Lost World because just because I... <laughs> well, I mean, there's really not much to get into. I personally think with this, I mean, it's what there was a one second to pull this shit up real quick. All right, so what? I mean, essentially, this is um. There was one team that was brought in to study the dinosaurs, while another was brought in by InGen, I think it was, mm -hmm. to uh, yeah. collect the dinosaurs and bring them back to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Correct. I, because in all good sense, they're two separate entities now. Mm -hmm. They wanted to begin the theme park, that which basically became Jurassic World in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, I, this movie more focused on um. Malcolm's character more than anything else, I thought, right? Yeah, it was, mm -hmm. it was full on, yeah, Malcolm Malcolm Adventure with his daughter, and Julianne Moore was his girlfriend, and then you had Vince Vaughn, which I still can't believe he's in this movie. I I still I still have a hard time believing that Vince Vaughn was in a Jurassic Park movie. 
I mean, I don't know why I gave you. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what I was about to say there. I don't know why you think though that it would be weird that he'd be in it. I, I the thing is, he he didn't have a major role in it either. No, Mm-mm. he was a very, I, I I gotta say, it's small supporting character in the grand scheme of the movie. He was incredibly small. Um, yeah, I mean, he his purpose was basically, you know, he was just the. To be honest, I thought when I first saw the movie, I thought he was going to be nothing more than just another guy to get killed off, much like the other guy is, the bald-headed guy, is later in I the movie. Ex- I expected Vince Vaughn to die. Yeah, I did I did yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, but I, I was pleasantly surprised that he didn't. Yeah, no, I, I actually liked his character. I thought his character was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I the reason why I, 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 like this, I like this movie, too, is because... I like the fact that we saw Ian Malcolm's personality evolve and how the first yeah. movie changed him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was very well done. I think that seeing him go from this cocky, arrogant SOB in the first film to now he's dead serious and and takes every bit of life seriously than he ever has before. Um, I remember reading some comments how some people thought that Ian Malcolm was out of character here. And it's like, no, if you pay attention to the first film and you went through what he did – you probably would change a little bit too. He, I mean, you know, when you get your arm chewed on by a T-Rex, it's, uh, well, I don't think he, I think he just got injured. I don't think he actually got bit by him, but that would definitely tie into the fear of going back. And you can even tell from the injury he took in the first film, you can see that injury to, uh, on the screen. Yep. When he's running, you can see the limp. When he's walking, you can see it. You can see him, lurching forward mm-hmm. and also the fact too that this movie is really it's a darker movie than jurassic park where jurassic park had a lot of humor but it had its darker moments mm-hmm. this movie has its humor but the way the film plays out it's just a much darker feeling film and i that's why i like it so much because it felt different than one it wasn't wasn't trying to duplicate it wasn't trying to eat everything that had been done before yes we get scenes of the t-rex chasing like the first film we get our little moments of where it's similar but it's done in a diff- different enough way where it doesn't feel like they're doing it over again mm-hmm. yeah i like the lost world i don't watch mm-hmm. it as often as i probably should to to like it that much but I liked I liked Ian's uh, character growth throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought that that's really the best part is that really how his characters changed, and um, I like the fact too that like there was this whole other island too because we didn't get told about a site B in Jurassic One, and I know mm-hmm. that there is a Lost World book, I believe. Yeah, I didn't read Lost World. I read Jurassic Park. I didn't read really Lost want World. to read. The Lost World. I'm to read it because I want to see how how different or how similar it is to this. I I don't know it, but what I what I know is I think that the movie is drastically different. It has to be mm-hmm. because Ian Malcolm was killed in the first book. Who does it follow then? That already makes it drastically different. This is true. Oh, oh favorite scene in Lost World? So, see, now that one is a, 
actually a tough one because there are a lot of good scenes, but I do know what my I, least favorite of this. I have two. Let's see what your uh, least favorite is then. Yeah, give us the least favorite first. I'm curious to hear that one. I I can't get past the um, the cheerleader taking down or the gymnastic young girl just throwing herself into a velociraptor and it just gets kicked out of a window. It, <laughs> that took it, it away. From it. it was over the top. Mm -hmm. I, I can't get past it because it's just like, no, that thing weighs a crap ton. You would have just bumped against it. There's no way you could get enough force to kick it out the window. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I think uh, that's that stands out. And I actually forgot about that scene. So, yeah, I have to agree. That's, that scene is over the top, a little ridiculous. And I'm actually almost surprised that that scene even stayed in the movie because it's just it's a little mm -hmm. it's a little too much. Um, it's like it's just it was just an excuse to give one of the kids, I think, a moment to shine or a heroic moment for for a kid. I I don't know what the way of thinking there is. Mm -hmm. um, but my two favorite scenes, um, of course, has got to be the scene when the truck's going over the ledge and they're all hanging on for dear life. That scene's mm -hmm. just it's just awesome. Um, and then I love the scenes in San Diego at the end, too, when they're chasing them through the streets. The 76 gas station ball is rolling through the street. And yep. That was yeah, and that, that that particular scene is probably my favorite in the film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just I, I I just think that that those scenes especially were just like everything the first movie did. It's like Spielberg was like, okay, we have to take this up a whole nother notch. We have to do something that we 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 kind of wanted to do in the first, but we we couldn't. And it's like, yep, we're gonna roll with the seventy six ball through the through the streets of San Diego. See, I think my favorite part of the film was when they're having, they've already captured all the, the dinosaurs and they're having like that board of directors meeting. Mm -hmm. And it's that instant where they're like, yeah, you know, we could be up and running in less than a month. And suddenly a, a triceratops barrels through the tent, knocks everything over. I, th that, that chaos that happens right there, that's my, that's got to be my favorite part of the movie. It's chaos theory at its best, Ian Malcolm. Mm hmm. I think it's one of the things I like about the movie is that with E.M. Ian, E.M. What the hell? Mm -hmm. uh, the, his his progression through the story is that he's still hanging on to his uh, thoughts of control from the first film, mm -hmm. and to where at the end he kind of embraces that chaos of what's going on because he's yeah. learned <laughs> he's learned his lesson. Yeah, yeah, he's learned not to underestimate things ever again, especially when it comes to dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so what about you jace what's your favorite scene the 76 well, ball said, yeah yeah any least favorite scenes the, the fucking cheerleader <laughs> one that's like, hey that's fair that's fair <laughs> I, I, I can understand that all right so uh this will this one i think will be a little different on what's your score out of 10 i'm gonna give it i'll give it um a 7.5 7.5? Yeah. All right, Jason. You see, for me, there wasn't enough in this movie that really made it that really memorable to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to get this one like a five. Really? This was just kind of middle of the road for me. Um, I'm going to go out and say... Oh, oh. <laughs> and we lost Jason. Jason's gone. 
He's uh, like, yeah, I'm not talking Jurassic 3. He's like, that. five. I guess it's just over for me. <laughs> Welcome back, Ian. What the hell happened? Okay. I'm pretty sure this is the letter. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the movie uh, an eight and a half out of ten. That's being I think it's being generous. Uh, that, well, that really is being generous. But, but hey, it, we're but all it, entitled to our opinions, bad as they are. It's all subjective. It's all yeah. It's all subjective, Jason. Do we do we really have to go back into solo? We're not gonna do that. Let's <laughs> <Mine's> not. <laughs> Okay, so Jurassic 3, um, probably the most controversial one of the bunch, which I, I'm, I'm puzzled by this, and, and I, I'm really Here, interested. Here, you had me start thoughts. with the second one. Jeremy, you start with the third one. With the third one? I love the third one. The third one's great. I thought it brought it back to the original premise of the film. Exactly. And it's it's... A place that Alan Grant doesn't recognize, and I love I love the fact that these two parents are looking for their kid, and they 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 kidnap Alan Grant and hire mercenaries to bring him there. It's so funny that it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean I, the the name oh. that I use in here, Paul Kirby. I I thought. Um, was a f- I thought the the family was a fantastic dynamic to add to the film. Mm-hmm. I there thought. Were, the, sorry, go ahead. I thought the intro captured the uh, original feel very well. The original, the beginning felt like something out of a horror movie. Watching mm-hmm. the kid a- a- and and their you know family friend fly over the island, and all of a sudden the, the boat is capsized in this fog, and when it when it clears. They're they're gone. They're they're eaten by dinosaurs, whatever it may be. That scene, when when I remember when this movie started, when I had doubts about this movie, I was like, okay, we're gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine because it's doing something. It's duplicating the original, like like you guys said. It's duplicating something the original did so well, and that's capturing the sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Game. Absolutely. And I love the fact that this was the first in the franchise that um you know wasn't based on the novels at all but it did include like some of the characters and ideas from that novel including there were scenes from the uh first Jurassic Park uh novel that were finally shown in this film I guess mm-hmm. I think uh if I'm going to go back to the lost world here, I'm going to say that the lost world had the weakest open. Yeah. Agreed. Because it was just a girl that ran off and then suddenly gets attacked by these, the tiny uh, scavenger dinosaurs. But um, I think the only other movie that I probably would give out of the five that has the weakest open, I think Jurassic world is, is the weakest, weakest open because it just it opens up under regular circumstances. I mean, Fallen Kingdom went back to that formula. It opened up with that mm-hmm. whole underwater sequence and trying to close the gate. Um, yeah. So yeah, it it you're right. Lost World did probably have one of the weakest opens because it just kind of opens on an island and they're just little compies. And to me, mm-hmm. the compies to me, they, I never found the compies overly threatening. Yeah, I guess they can be in bunches, but 
I think, come on, you can't get away from those things. I, I don't know. Never bought into those. That, that, I'm sorry to bring it back to the Lost World, but it, it's, that was the one thing that kind of drew me away is that as much as those things are, sca- they're scavengers. They, they mm-hmm. are scavengers. They don't hunt in packs like a, like a velociraptor would do. Right. I don't think that they would go after someone who is not that injured and go crazy. Like, I think that was just a little bit of uh, high fantasy that they're going for in that. I almost felt in that moment I wanted to cue the psycho music. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. It just felt like a little bit of an over-the-top, oh, we're going to show you that even these little dinosaurs can be threatening. It's like, eh. It's like, I don't. That's not necessary. And then they do it again with the other guy in the middle of the movie. It's just like, I mean, the problem is that one's a matter of they, they don't at first, but you gather, but you have a large group of them coming at you like that. Yeah. Yeah. That they can be threatening. And that's where, that's where I will say that I don't think it was as weak of an opening as people say it might be. Because it is a large pack of them that mm-hmm. were hunting them down, so that does take the scavenger aspect. It's like a, it's like a pack of hyenas. They don't travel in small numbers. It's the, pretty much the entire pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's usually like dozens of them. So uh, hyenas are primarily scavengers. So, oh well. I think by but the time, anyways, I think by the time these movies do that, I think by the time we get to the, the end of three, I think I think to be honest, I think the most threatening dinosaur in this whole series is the Velociraptor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's that's obvious though. They've really been the biggest threat out of them all. Got a co- comment from Kendall. She says, "I claim to be a badass, but dinosaurs scare the shit out of me." I mean, these these movies are made to make you feel that way too mm-hmm. like i think there was a there was a period where dinosaur i mean uh what was it you see the, i the will answer your time. comment with another comment kendall <laughs> no <laughs> i will i will there's the it's sticky moment we're not starting that we're not going there alistair will love that <laughs> i'm answering your comment with another comment kendall i claim to be a badass but this this series of movies proved to me that i'm scared the shit of fucking mosquitoes because look what happened. One mosquito caused all this. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I don't care what y'all say. I don't care what the science says. This is possible. <laughs> so you're oh. saying if they make movies about giant mosquitoes, you're going to be deathly afraid of it? <laughs> Fuck mosquitoes, dude. <laughs> okay. Um, Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, but no, back to Jurassic Park three. So I, I think, um, after we get the good opening, um, Dr. Grant was always, uh, my personal favorite character in Jurassic Park. So I, I was just excited to have him back. Um, Oh, absolutely. Um, to me, to me, he is Jurassic Park. When I think of Jurassic Park, I immediately think of, of Dr. Grant and the hat that that's just the immediate thought that I have. Um, yeah. and that's why I'm excited for Dominion because he's coming back. And I think that his character deserves a little bit of closure because we don't get it here. Um, 
He doesn't end up with Ellie like we thought he would at the end of Jurassic Park. We see how that really went completely sideways. Um, and here she is underused again. Yeah. I mean... Like, she's just there for cameo purposes only. Which is unfortunate because, again, this is showing that Dr. Grant is more important than her. And at the beginning of Jurassic Park, when they're on the same footing, you're showing that they're both equally important. But this movie just proves that all along that, yep, he was always more important than her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that unfortunately was just felt like if that was a to be expected moment for, since the beginning because ever since the first movie, that really has been the primary focus on Grant. Right, right. I guess we should have almost saw this coming. I mean, we know they kind of their, I guess their little bit of relationship problem had that problem with wanting kids, and obviously she has a kid here. So I'm thinking that probably was the big reason why they. They split apart, or maybe it was his obsession with Jurassic Park. I, I don't know. See, that's something else I would have maybe liked to have known a little bit more about. I kind of yeah. feel like there's a there's an age gap, though, between them. I think they were more colleagues than they were actual, like, love interests. I don't think that she was a love interest to him. I think he was just very, like, best friend, older brother, protective of her because of her interactions with Malcolm in the first movie. I mean, I get the sense that maybe like like it's kind of like that. Maybe she like she hooked up with the professor and he was like the professor and she was, you know. But there was that scene when when Ian does ask him about are you and her together and he goes, "Yeah." So he 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 kind of admits to Ian in the car that they are kind of a couple, although we never really see that kind of interaction. No, 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 no. I did not get that feeling from him. I think it was just more he Malcolm is um, in the first movie, he's a very big player. Mm-hmm, true. Like he, he's a. He, I think he was trying to protect her from that. I mean, wouldn't it's possible it, to in that situation if you had a, a close uh, friend of yours who was getting hit on by what you will believe to be a sleazebag, Would you not want to be like, I'm going to be the good, the good wingman here and be, uh, yeah, I she's she's taken, she's taken, yeah. It's a good point. That, that, I didn't really see it that way, but that's a good point. I now that you now I think about it, yeah, that's a good point. That it could have been that way, an overprotective tra- kind of reaction to protecting mm. her. Um, yeah. I did see they, some set photos had leaked out from Dominion while they oh. were filming, and there was a couple set photos that were interesting that could make the relationship interesting. There were there was a set photo of them very close. And they they looked like it looked like something was gonna happen between them. I mean, it's just photos, but it's how it looked. Mm. So maybe Dominion's gonna maybe go there to give Grant some closure. I it's possible. It's just I a theory. It's probably, watch, it's probably gonna end the first scene that he's in. He's gonna get die. See, I would have thought maybe that too, but the director <sighs> did confirm that their roles are not cameos. They are actually just as substantial roles as the leads. All three of them. So, oh, so another movie that Grant's going to be the main focus in. <laughs> I'm fine with that. If they want to make Doctor Grant the focus over the Jurassic World people, be my guest. I welcome it. I got a better young, one for you. This is feeling like Shatner all over again. No, 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 no. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No, oh my god, no. That's, no. that's what's going to be. No. <laughs> that's no. And Chris Pratt is basically mutt in this story. 
Jeremy, how dare you? I like the comparison. Look at the similarity, okay? I like the comparison, but how dare you? (laughs) Don't you dare wish Dominion become Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No. Please, no. Okay. It's going to be, I I think it's going to be a train wreck of a movie. Oh, don't say that, please. I, I know, I know it's not what you want to hear. But like, it's, it's we, one of like, those. I know you don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But Jeremy is right. This is almost guaranteed to be a train wreck of a movie. They they have one shot to do it right. They have one yeah. shot, and they're gonna they they're bringing Alan Grant back. They're bringing all these main characters back. It's so incredibly hyped that our bar is set up up here. The bar and you know what's going to happen? Here. The movie's going to be poop. And the, the, the movie is going to be here. The movie Here's here's where we want it. Here's where it's going to be. Here's how it's going to be received. Yeah. Yeah, he's right, Mike. Well, to be fair, we did see how Fallen Kingdom was kind of received, and that wasn't... A, that we did not get a very warm reception. So it could... It, this could be just another Jurassic Park three, to where you which know that would be great for us. That would be fantastic. It, it'd be good. It'd be good. But I don't think it's going to be the grand finale that everyone's expecting. All I want is closure. <laughs> if they give me closure and they make me feel satisfied, this is the end. I will walk out happy because we do not have that yet. And Jurassic Park three sure as hell didn't give us that. Which, in a way, this is why Jurassic World kind of upsets me because with the way Jurassic Three ended, don't you think? Well, yeah, and not only that too. It's like they didn't address the pterodactyls flying from the island to the mainland. That was never addressed because obviously it happened. They heavily hinted at it at the end, and I, I, I continuously question what dumbass thought it was a good idea to open Jurassic Park again. Corporate. It's a, it, that's pretty much what it is. It's it's a giant corporate capitalist venture, to where you it's just know, going. You want to know what it is, Mike? Hammond. Hmm. It's Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates as Jurassic Park. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? I actually could see him doing that. Like, you know what? I'm bored. I bought a movie. No, studio. no, 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 no. I, I will Jurassic stop you right there. I will no. stop you right there. Take Bill Gates out of the equation. Elon Musk. <laughs> that you're right. That is more. Believable. It is. It's Elon it's Musk. Bezos, it's Bezos and Musk all day. And then Elon Musk will give give you dinosaurs in space too. And you know who they're going to send to the to the island? Is their it's it's their trio. It's a trio thing. So you got Michael Elon Bay. Musk on one side. You got uh, Jeff Bezos in the other. And then you got Mark Zuckerberg going in, and he's going to be the one that dies in the film. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy that dies in the opening five minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god! The owner of Facebook. He, he goes up to the dinosaur, and says, "I'm the owner of Facebook," and the dinosaur goes, <laughs> "Like I don't care." He's the blood sucking lawyer. Reddish is about to get fucking eaten. All you're gonna hear is, "You're going to jail." <laughs> We need I, to get hired. We have some story writing gold in here. <laughs> you are now post blocked for seven days. I seriously think that Tom from MySpace would survive longer than Zuckerberg. <laughs> yes. He- yep. I do. 
It's because Tom, Tom didn't give a fuck. He was making himself your friend, whether you wanted him to or not. Yeah, like, Tom, right, Tom from MySpace would take the Eric Kirby approach and hide in a van down the, <laughs> down from oh, the compound. No. <laughs> he would sick the dinosaur on Zuckerberg so he could say, MySpace is back to being king. <laughs> MySpace is back, bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. Welcome to the lights, camera, action. Right <laughs> right Welcome session. to the real lights, camera, action review podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We will never where... fail to make you laugh. <laughs> oh, gosh, that was good. <laughs> Where the plot is made up and keeping ourselves on track doesn't matter. Hey, we, hey we're providing entertainment, and that's what we're supposed to do. It's in the word. Entertainment reviews. We're providing entertainment. That We're, we're providing the goal. But where are the reviews in that? They're loosely in there. There's, there's little threads of it. We're really an improv group disguised as a podcast. Yes. <laughs> that's okay. Anyways, back no, to Jurassic I, Park 3. Uh, I like how they kind of zoned in on uh, Alan Grant's fear of going back to Jurassic Park. I, one thing that really got me was that I would not want to be Alan Grant like after the, the events of Jurassic no. Park. No. Because the way that he's treated in that opening assembly... Where it's just like, yeah, it's nothing about my research or my theories. It's about what happened in Jurassic Park. What do I know about Jurassic Park? Do I have any inside information on the dinosaurs? And it's just like, no, my career is shot. You all want me for press. That's all it is. That's Which exactly is really it. too bad. It's it's really too bad. Because Which Alan, I got I, this here. Uh, Sam Neill signed to the project in June 2000, reprising his role from the first film as Dr. Alan Grant. Uh, Johnston later described Grant in the third film as being more cynical and sarcastic following the character's experience in the first film. Mm-hmm. So I, you were like, after everything that happened to him in the first one, yeah, you're going to expect him to be a dick in this one. Oh, of course. Well, what I like, too, is that... Um, he came out, I believe it was about a month ago, and did an interview talking about Dominion. But then he said, you know, he was asked about Jurassic 3 and how a lot of fans didn't didn't care for it. It wasn't as well received. And he goes, look, I like it. He's like, I think we did what we set out to do. I think it was more of a, um, a thriller horror chase film uh, with dinosaurs. He's like, what's not to like about that? And he's right. He's right. The movie doesn't, I don't think, do... All the things wrong, people say that it does. Yes, is it the shortest Jurassic movie? Yes. And yeah, fine. I, I don't think that the length's an issue. Um, I I, honestly, the length is the length of a movie is never the issue. That will never be an issue, in my opinion. It's what you, what kind of quality you bring to the table in the time frame that that movie is after post production and everything. Mm-hmm. That is what matters. Jurassic Three did that job pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. People so. were expecting all this great stuff, and they didn't know what to expect. They were expect their the ceilings were up pretty high, especially after finding out you know Spielberg wasn't part of the directing in this one. Right. There was a lot of other steps that went into this that you know 
raise that bar more because they didn't know what was going to happen, what to expect for this third film. Mm-hmm. When it didn't meet their glass ceiling expectations, of course it's going to get shit on because people are like, but this didn't happen. No one cares, Grandma. Shut up. Yeah. Well, no, and that's the biggest issue, too, is that, you know, everybody, I think, expected things to be bigger and grander, and it's like, they went with a more of a simple story, and and that was okay, because I think Lost World went in that bigger, grander way, and it was just going back to what made the original special. Um, I, and, like, I, I think this is a matter of the movies had time to age, the people that were had given it, you know, the negative reviews that it did. Uh, maybe they've gone back and watched it now after it's been so long and they realized that, you know, there's a lot more quality there that they weren't willing to give it the first time through. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see more people that are looking at Jurassic 3 as a better movie than it, what they originally had uh, perceived it as. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the reason why Spielberg didn't come back too, because he felt like he gave everything he could to the Jurassic franchise and he felt like the film was better in a different director's hands to bring something new that maybe he couldn't bring to it. And yeah. that's what this film did. It did. It brought something different that felt different enough from the first two, but felt connected, but felt different enough to bring something new to the table. And I think some people were unhappy with that. And I think it's a shame because I think you're not enjoying it for what the film actually is. And it has some really good moments. Yeah. Um, and it has a wonderful cast, too. And that's another thing. Oh, like, hell yeah. Like, the cast is excellent in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, if you guys don't have anything else to add, sounds like you're about to, Jeremy. I liked I liked the Spinosaurus ad. I, I mm-hmm. liked I that, that it, was a, it was a bigger, badder dinosaur than a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And I liked the showdown between the T-Rex and the Spinosaurus. I thought that was really cool. Well, that was great. And I think the fact that the T-Rex lost even made it like, wow, okay, this thing's nothing to screw around with. And the, the, the weird thing is, is that I, I had looked it up, is that there is no, like in no environment would you actually find a T-Rex and a Spinosaurus in the same uh, place at the same time. Yeah. So there, there's no way you could have made that historically or can, uh, accurate at all. Right. Because a T-Rex is, a, is more of a jungle predator is where the Spinosaurus lived in deserts. Like North North Africa, like that's mm-hmm. where you find the Spinosaurus. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was, it was good. Yeah. Uh, I liked the 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 intricate knowledge of Velociraptors in this mm-hmm. film. Yeah, yeah. I thought the the the, the tactics were sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, the honestly, the of- way that they describe them in this film, in particular, mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Like. If you take a look at a lot of um, what they've studied about velociraptors and different sciences behind uh, all these dinosaurs from the past, they were a, they really were a socially sophisticated um, group of dinosaurs. And what's really funny is that now that I think about it, I really want a 3D printed uh, a velociraptor larynx. Um, the larynx, yes, I think that, that would be really cool. that would be really cool to have. Yeah, I I also liked the um, the pterodactyl scene. I thought the pterodactyl scene was pretty cool. Yeah, that was and yeah. that's something else new too. We hadn't seen pterodactyls before in that scene, and it made them terrifying. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I would. My wife actually hates pterodactyls now because she. (laughs) Going back to the land before time, she actually really Petrie was her first like her, her favorite character in that movie, and Mm -hmm. it's a tiny pterodactyl, and then she looks at me at in that scene and goes, "They're meat eaters." (laughs) Yeah, it's scarred her for life for pterodactyls now. Absolutely. Oh, but anyway, favorite scene favorite from scene. this film. Hmm. I I like the plane crash sequence quite a bit. All from the, the plane crashes with the t- with the Spinosaurus rolling it with his with his claws. I, I like that scene quite a bit. And seeing Doctor Grant scream the way he did, ah, you know, <laughs> uh, something he didn't do in the first film at all. So it was it was good to see him like show some real in the moment fear. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I also like to um, the river scene at night with the with the rain and, and the spinosaurus attacking the river at night with the on fire and everything. Yeah, that's a great scene too. What about you, Jeremy? I liked the the compound scene where they f- first run into the raptors, where where they're walking past all those uh, the, the incubation pods and uh, the oh, just like the specimen tubes and then the the I. Like you know that the the head of the Velociraptor is in there, but when that eye twitch, like that level of detail that went into that scene before it suddenly jumped out and scared you, I I really liked that part. Is this how you make dinosaurs? No, this is how you play God. <laughs> great, that's a great line. That's a great line. Uh, for me, I'd have to say either the compound scene with the Velociraptor, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Or I'd have to go with the Spinosaurus, Tyrannosaurus, Rex fight. Mm. Mm. Godzilla vs. Kong before Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Least okay. favorite scene. Yeah, least favorite scene. Oh, okay. Um. Hmm. Least favorite scene of that movie. Uh. Mine so much isn't a least favorite. I'll just go into this then up first. Mine okay. so much isn't a least favorite scene as it is just least favorite character in this movie. And that's only because of the way that she was really treated throughout the entire series. And I'm pretty sure you already know who. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Statler. Like, everything about her in this film was probably my least favorite, and that's only because of the way they really treated her. I think she should have been so much more and wasn't given the time to. Yeah, I mean, again, she was used for nothing more than, than cameo purposes, especially at the end when he makes the phone call. Again, it's just like on screen for 20 seconds, if, if even that. It just felt like that they, in the script, they had this person like, okay, we need a person to call in the, the military. We need something for Dr. Graham to do at the beginning. Well, okay, let's make it Ellie. Let's call her for a cameo. Let's just throw her in there. It, it just felt like anybody could have done that part. Here's Here's another thing, though, that I always had a question for. How does Dr. Sattler have access or connections to the military? That's something else not explained. You're right. 
It's not explained. It's and if it was explained, it's not done well. Mm-mm. It's what? all subjective. <laughs> no, 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 right. no, 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 no. Here, it's not the sub. It, there's nothing subjective about it. You got to have a. You have to have some sort of logical claim to this. Besides, it's a movie, and everyone has access to the military. Like minor details, minor she, details. She's a paleobotanist. And she's married to some... I, I can't even remember what he does. Like that... They at least could have said her husband was a military contractor. That would have made more sense. That would have made so much more sense. And it would have made it a deeper connection to the end of the movie. Yep. But it doesn't. It doesn't. You're right. It could have been that simple. One piece of dialogue. You know, he could have been when, when the, the husband... Surprise, the table. Oh, it could have been no that simple of dialogue. Yeah, it could have been that simple. Like, that's why you called Ellie, because you knew of her connection with her husband being a military contractor. It was that simple. We're taking five seconds of dialogue. Yeah. It was so I think we're all sort of in agreement with at least part favorite Ben. Yeah, I can Yeah, I can fully agree with that. I didn't even think about that military connection, but yeah, you are absolutely right, Jeremy. That is the film's one little plot hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sure. what were you about to say, Jeremy? Okay, there's there's another scene that kind of it doesn't make me like a certain character, and that's the the mother in the film. Like, she, okay. I, I get I get that the mom is super concerned for her son, and but she until the end of the movie, the very end of the movie, she does not listen and is yelling all over the place. I did not like it when they reached the the parachute scene that that scene was just like okay so you've explained that they landed and the kid got out okay yeah you think that, the kid would still be there after all these months <laughs> wouldn't happen but even alan grant points that out it's, it's amazing that eight weeks a teenage boy lasting eight weeks it's a little much is is he a boy scout like is he I want to know more about Eric because if you explain that he had at least a little bit of resourcefulness besides just saying, Oh yeah, he's a good kid. He's smart. Like, mm-hmm. no, you, you, you don't explain any of that. You don't bring any more character depth to who the kid is. Yeah. And, and like you said, it, him surviving eight weeks on an Island and it's kind of puzzling because in the first film, we had a hard time surviving a few days when a lot of the dinosaurs were still locked behind fences. He's out there for eight weeks when dinosaurs have no fences, but yet he's mm-hmm. surviving in this little truck for eight weeks. It, it's a it's a little extreme, a little over the top. If you if you told me that he was a Boy Scout, I would have believed you. I would have believed you. Would have been easier to yeah. But he, he starts going into talking about how there's T Rex pee and it drives l- smaller animals away, sort of deal. It. Okay, give me give me history, give me history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give give me a backstory on him to ch- to tell me how he knows all this and how he's so in tune with with that. Like, it, it, did he just experiment with that on a whim? I yeah. mean, that's what it feels like. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, you just thought that up and thought, hmm, maybe the pee will keep him away. And he and he was wondering how he got it in the first place. Yeah, tell us that story. It, it's. When he says you don't want to know, yes, we do. Yeah, it's like it's like the writers we are do. like, I don't feel like writing that in there. We're gonna make you just come up with your own story. We do, you're right? Yeah. All right, guys. So scores for this film. 
Um, I'm 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 tearing it between seven and a half to an eight. Um, I'm I'm gonna give it an eight just because it, it does a lot of things similar to um, the first film that I really mm-hmm. enjoy. So I'm like, yeah, I'll give it an eight. I'll also give it an eight. I will as well give this one an eight. Ah, so we're all on the same page. Absolutely. Okay, so I don't think I even need to ask this question because this is, I think, obvious with these three. Mm. I think we know what the favorite one of the three is for all three of us. This is one th- th- clear, mm-hmm. clear and clear. Hands down. Yeah, hands down. It's the classic of the bunch and will forever always be the one that's the classic of all of them. Um, now, I guess the least favorite might be a little bit of a... You're giving it an eight. Oh, yeah, so Kendall <laughs> gives it an eight too. All right, four people on the same page. Woo! All right. Uh, least favorite. Um, Lost World. Yeah, I know Lost World's yours. We we, we established that. Um, we're going by if we're going by the scores, I think Lost World was Jeremy's least favorite too. Yeah, it, it's it it's still a, is a good movie, but it is my least favorite of the three. Uh, yeah, I guess according to my scores, I guess. Technically, Jurassic Park 3 would be my least favorite, but it's not even by much, though. And I don't even want to say it's my least favorite, period, because it's just like each each one of the three movies do something different. And I don't even know if it's even fair to even compare them to each other, because even though they're sequels, they each bring something new to the table. And they both I, like like, I, I just thought, I personally just thought that Lost World, they tried doing a little too much with it. I can understand Whereas that. If they would have, if they would have kept it, if they would have added more onto how they did like the first film, mm-hmm. and continued with that throughout the third film as well, mm-hmm. then I think that there's no question about it. Like it would have been almost a solid like eight or nine for all three films for me. Well, the one thing that's strange about Lost World too is that by the time we get to the San Diego scene, it feels like the movie should be ending at that point. Yeah. Um, I thought the movie was over the first time I saw it. And as much as I like the San Diego scene, I almost feel like that maybe the movie should have ended before that. And maybe Jurassic Park three, maybe should have been the dinosaurs coming to the Island or coming to the mainland. Maybe that should have been saved for a third film. Maybe not just adding it onto the third act of this film. Yeah. But I, I like the San Diego stuff. So to me, it doesn't bother me because I'm happy that it's there, but yeah, maybe a little too much. I feel like there's a lot of setup the end and middle that could have been taken out mm-hmm. to give us the same effect. Um, uh, like I, they're trying to, they're trying to put some sort of capitalist spin on it and make it, you know, the, this venture is absolutely worth it, even with uh, you know countless lives we lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that maybe it would have been interesting to to have made Jurassic Park three before the Lost World and flip flopped them? Hmm. No. And well, th- th- here's one thing that that gets me about it is that if if both the Lost World and Jurassic Park three take place on the same island, where's the Spinosaurus? That's a good question. We don't ever see the Spinosaurus again, not even in Jurassic World. Yeah, that's and a good that- question. Did the second and third one take place on the same island? Yes. It wasn't until Jurassic World we went back to Site A. Let me see. Let's 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 see if there's a 
Which brings me to a glaring issue in Fallen Kingdom that still bothers me, but I'm going to save it for that show because it's a site A, site B issue that I really have a problem with. Isla Sorna is a 44, it's 44 square miles. Mm -hmm. Isla Nublar. Oh, okay. The first island from the first Jurassic Park movie was only 22 square miles. So it is much larger in the second. I, I guess that would make sense to why we didn't see it. Maybe they were on a completely different part of the island. Who knows? That's true. Yeah, yeah it's it could have been on opposite ends of the island. And who's to say that within the time frame of between the Lost World and uh, Jurassic Park 3 that people didn't go back and try and do more experiments even with the dinosaurs there? It's possible. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of possibilities. I mean, there's I, a lot of skepti- there's a lot of speculation what could have gone on, but 44 square miles is a big area. Yeah. Yeah, I could go with the argument it taking place on separate ends of the island, and maybe that's just maybe there wasn't that many spinosaurus to begin with. Maybe they didn't create that many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's why. But yeah, I, th- I find it intriguing that we haven't even seen the spinosaurus again, even in Jurassic World. Um, to just have one, uh, the dinosaurs in one movie and then never to be seen again is awfully interesting. Yeah. They actually have even said, too, that Jurassic World, in a way, almost pretends like the two sequels didn't happen and that basically they were... I know when Jurassic World came out, they were trying to say that Jurassic World was a direct sequel to Jurassic Park. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that at all, especially since they brought back Ian Malcolm in in Fallen Kingdom and they're bringing them all back in, in, in Dominion. I don't feel like that's what they were trying to do. No. No. But but anyway, uh, we've got two more films to do still. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see you guys next time when we do the Jurassic World side of this story. I think that one's going to be a little bit more controversial because I definitely have some controversial Choice points words. to bring up. Yeah, I do have some issues with those two films. I feel bad because I've seen Fallen Kingdom and I cannot tell you what it's about. I couldn't, I I don't remember it. I'll just give you a sneak preview on one issue I have a Fallen Kingdom, and it's the fact that they pretend that that's the only island with dinosaurs when they burn it down, or they destroy it, mm-hmm. and yet we don't bring up the other site. And that kind of bothers me because the movie is so dead set on that being the island, the only island with dinosaurs, and we know that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cool. So, Jurassic one, two, and three are complete. We'll be back with Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World. Uh, hopefully, Dan and Alistair will be back with us so we can make that our first five-man cast, which we haven't done since Solo. Is that right? I think so. That wow. might be the case. Because I think people were missing for all the Matrix movies. Yeah, I think everybody yeah, was people were. Yeah, people were missing for all the Matrix. No, we did have one, I think, where we uh, the Matrix movies we did. The Matrix one, I think, was all five mm-hmm. of us. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, we need the whole crew to hear together so we can have another itch sticky moment from Alistair. Oh, we already gave the audience one of those. There's a couple of those tonight. <laughs> Alistair would be proud. <laughs> Alistair would be proud. <laughs> he would. But we need we need more from the man himself. We That's do. True. We do. The audience needs need more itch sticky. <laughs> but great, guys. Well, thanks for... Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for guys being a part of it. And... Uh, 
yeah, we will see you on the second part of Jurassic Park, the retrospective. That's a wrap. Cut and print. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. And coming soon, the final part of our Jurassic Park retrospectives we cover Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Also, be on the lookout for more retrospectives and reviews in the coming weeks. To read more of our reviews and listen to our podcast, go to lcareviews.com and subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Thank you for listening to the Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast.